Welcome back to the Cineposium podcast, where each week members or collaborators of Cineposium curate films for remote viewing and then talk about those films on this podcast. In this week's episode, Reed Williams, Samantha Texan, and Mike Mazikane discuss two Mortal Kombat films. Enjoy the conversation. Get over here and listen to our podcast about Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Hello again, everyone. Uh, I'm Reed Williams. Uh, we have Michael Mazikane, Samantha Texan here. We're going to talk about the OG Mortal Kombat from 1995 and the newest Mortal Kombat from this year, 2021. And uh, before we get into it, um, maybe, you know, this is probably a, a franchise obviously both a video game franchise and a film franchise that we both have, uh, you know, varying degrees of experience and affection for. So maybe that's a good place to start. We can just sort of talk about what our relationship is to this franchise and uh, maybe kind of go from talking about the specific films from there. So, yeah. I think um, most people's intro to this is, um, I saw like videos online. I, I'd see the game at like stores. Uh, my parents are from, I was born like looking at like the first film, like born a year after that first film, so 96, but like my parents played the game. So it's like, it's very well known to me, even though I maybe touched two games ever and I suck at fighting games. So I just consistently watch more. Uh, that it's such a wild story, go in the wiki literally look at that there's an original timeline there's a new timeline things are wild there's days of futures <laughs> past plots it's a very entertaining series um from the video game i think this is the first time of me actually fully watching the first og film because i would heard about it i've seen it memed i've seen the gamer list of best worst maybe favorite gaming movies so like the my interest in the series of like I love looking up the craziness of the plot I love watching videos on it I love watching um like Sonic Fox and all them on Evo, <clears throat> at Evo and other fighting game tournaments even though I know nothing <laughs> rocking this game so I think it's just a hilariously campy in its own way probably that's why <laughs> series that just keeps on growing but the fact that it's able to have movies in both movies and we don't talk about Annihilation. Shh. You know, it's, it's pretty <laughs> successful. And the fact it had comics that were like, okay, but they exist, but they were for the games more. And they also had web series that did pretty well. So I'm kind of glad it's a successful series for as campy as it is. And yeah. probably out of all of the fighting games, we usually think of ones and they're usually tied to like Japan more. Mortal Kombat's one of the only ones tied to America that's, I want to say, super, super, um, very, very popular. I think the other one would be, of course, um, I want to say, like, Killer Instinct, and Injustice by the same company, Killer Instinct not by the same company, but for the most part, like, Mortal Kombat, I think, is more well-known, and there's a reason. There's color, there's Crayola color ninjas for <laughs> of, of different genders, and there's just wild craziness, so... That's my introduction to the series, and I just say for anyone, you don't have to play the games. You can just watch all the random things about it. No, yeah, that's a great point, and I'm glad you you know all the intricacies of the story because even though this is like a franchise I've been familiar since I was a little kid, I don't know any of that, 
And I think I have a soft spot for Mortal Kombat in my heart because it was like the taboo video game when I was growing up. And so it felt like very um, transgressive to like secretly play it at your friend's house and hope that like your mom didn't find out or something. So, you know, I've always, even though it's like pretty tame compared to, you know, like newer games that have courted controversy, um, I guess I do have fond memories of that being my first kind of like big boy, like you're not allowed to do kind of thing, like Venus and Butthead or something. So uh, I did play the games kind of throughout the years when I could. And um, I haven't played this newest one, but I played the one before it. And yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I, you know, you bring up the longevity of the franchise and all different kinds of media and it is funny because I mean the plot is so kind of ridiculous and campy like you said uh, Sam so I, yeah I can't really necessarily like explain why it's sort of stuck in my consciousness for so long but that's kind of my personal relationship with that with the games at least and then the movie I genuinely like like I think it's one of those movies you see when you're young and then it kind of gets past the window where you start thinking more critically about that stuff and so like I watched it recently for our podcast and um I yeah I enjoyed re-watching it even though I recognize that like you're saying it's like sort of the best worst video game movie I guess so anyway yeah that's that's sort of my relationship to it what about you Mike um so like historically speaking Mortal Kombat is very important because it is one of the centerpiece games of the 93-94 congressional hearings along with uh, Night Trap um, during that era before the SRB was really a thing and Nintendo tried to throw Sega under the bus and like it was one of also the first yeah like definitely not one of the I, okay my history isn't that like calling it the first isn't right because Mar the Mario Brothers movie came out but like in the 90s it was a part of a new breed of video game film and like for the longest time, it was that franchise that has a convoluted lore. I hate that word, but like a convoluted like fandom, like a fans who like love this as a like narrative unit to understand and stories are being told because it's it's an arcade fighter where you get like five frames at the end that are supposed to tell everything. It's like Street Fighter has the same problem. And it wasn't really until the, till Mortal Kombat 9, the reboot just simply known as Mortal Kombat that came out in 2011, that I actually, I played at PAX East, or I guess it was PAX Prime at the time, because I won a trip to PAX through Machinima, uh, I guess Rip Machinima, classic, decades old, now dead uh, YouTube and Warner Brothers properties, <laughs> Where like I, I I played that and the for the new Duke Nukem game that got announced, which was really the old Duke Nukem game that I was like, Duke Nukem's not really there. But it wasn't until really that one that they actually told a what like you would consider like a cinematic story because it was the first game that made like I want to play this game for the story mode. Like mm. I, the last Mortal Kombat game, which was. Oh, it's, supposed to last. it's not Mortal Kombat 10. It was, was this just Mortal Kombat 11. I yeah, think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just wanted to play that game because I wanted to follow the story. <laughs> kind of absurd, but like, like, 
uh, I say like too much, but it, as a franchise, it's one that has gotten away with this threat of gory violence and just kind of like not taking itself seriously and trying to fit pieces together because like Sub-Zero 1 becomes Noob Cybop, but then timelines as Samantha has uh, uh, referenced becomes a thing. And it's just but like as movies, there have been Mortal Kombat, Annihilation, and this one. And also Mortal Kombat Legends, Mortal Kombat colon Legends dash Scorpion's Revenge, an animated film from 2020, which is the best Mortal Kombat movie. Like, oh, really? Like, that's kind of damning with faint praise to say, like, it, it's the best yeah. one. But it, <laughs> yeah. Let me put it this way. It fulfills the, the, the basics of Western dramaturgy the best. Okay, that's so, fair. <laughs> Like, like I, I feel like I'd be like, oh, the snooty pedantic asshole. Because like, one, I am somewhat of that kind of person. But like, <laughs> it's just, I'm not like this new Mortal Kombat movie that came out that we watched. I, guys, it's not good. I'm not gonna like it. <laughs> I, it, it doesn't tell us there is no story. There is no actual yeah. Mortal Kombat. You somehow take the game that is predicated on a fighting tournament occurring that you could just take many martial arts movies like enter the dragon which yeah yeah and instead like this new one directed by simon mcquade and written by um who's the co-written by greg russo and dave callaham just it's all a prequel to mortal kombat like the actual right. mortal kombat will be dlc or well a sequel <laughs> this it's just this movie's not good the violence is fun. Like, I would recommend you finding certain fight scenes on YouTube. Yeah. But there's no story. Cole Young, played by um, play, played by uh, Louis Tan, who I actually kind of like as an actor, has nothing to do in this movie despite being the nominal lead of this movie like Louis Tan was in mm-hmm. Into the Badlands solid underrated um show was oh was, yeah he he shows up as Shatterstar in Deadpool 2 for a second but like he he is a he is a workable actor mm-hmm. like he's fine and it just like he is a nothing character like we the, the movie tells you everything and shows you nothing except for the violence, which is cool on a like yeah. lizard brain juvenile level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which isn't bad. Like I enjoyed those moments. Sam Same. can attest to that. But like this wasn't a good movie. It's it's like it's like my reaction to Godzilla versus King Kong and the the disconnect I feel from people who are like, I want to see this in a movie theater because it's big, loud, and dumb. And I'm right. Like, I don't want to spend like I don't know how much ticket prices cost where you're at right now, Reed. But like I yeah. don't want to spend twelve to fifteen dollars to see this or Godzilla versus King Kong. I would right. pay, that said, I, I'm I would totally pay twenty dollars to see just, Zack Snyder's Justice League Justice is Grey edition uh-huh. in, a, in a AMC like Sony like oh what's the really nice theater that they have like i would do that but like this oh like movie. the dolby or yeah the atmos something yeah. Stuff. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like sinopolises yeah something like that but it's just like this movie just it's not good and so like the idea of oh i just get it as part of my subscription to hbo max 
like yeah. lessens the blow sure for me because i'm like okay that's i it is not costing me that much more money to see this so the value yeah. proposition ends but i just like i it ends on the promise of a sequel that i'm like i don't really kind of know about that <laughs> like I, I feel like i'm just here like we were having so much fun earlier before we started recording I'm like and i was like guys this movie's terrible no I, i'm glad to hear your perspective because like i agree with you i don't there is no story really and i actually kind of liked it for that like i was right you know we could kind of i guess talk about both the original and the new one kind of in, um um simultaneously because you know the old one i I feel like they really did try and shoehorn like a story into it. And with this newer one, I agree, like it wasn't good in the traditional sense of Western dramaturgy, as you put it earlier, because yeah, there's really nothing. There's like, I don't know, even if I understood it's like basically, you know, there's this big Mortal Kombat tournament. If Earth loses this evil realm, run by this evil sorcerer can take it over right and it's like you have to have this mark to compete in it that's basically the plot of the new one and then um you know there's a whole lot of other stuff i guess as far as like how you get your superpowers <laughs> but uh you know i guess i did i feel like it did capture that feeling in the newer games where it kind of transitions from like plot in, into the fighting i did really enjoy that and i did enjoy a lot of kind of the the set pieces like you said too so i i guess i agree with you but i did enjoy watching it i guess and maybe it was that thing of oh i got to do it in my house like on a rainy day in my pjs instead of paying you know 15 bucks to watch it at an amc where people are like eating popcorn next to me you know that it is interesting that you bring that up because that does definitely inform the experience but uh yeah how is how how did you enjoy uh the newest film and what are your thoughts on kind of the older one if, if you want to get into that too sam so like thinking about it and thinking about the pricing i think we already know based off again the history of by itself the history of mortal kombat which in itself had deception armageddon in games that were like the fall of the series and it's really funny that both films pull characters from no actually sorry the other film could have not pulled characters from it because it would have those two would have not come out yet but the new film did it'd be like yeah there's reiko and i'm like oh gosh and then um oh gosh the the flying chick was also from like they started adding so many characters that that was kind of the fall and they're again their convoluted story was the fall of the series for a bit that and in general the history of video game films which we know None of them I would ever, ever put and say, hey guys, these films are great. <laughs> like they are always can't be great, which to people, to some people who aren't, I want to say into that are like, oh, these are just bad, you know? But it's like, no, it's in the same degree of like, I love Mamma Mia sort of thing where it's like, will I tell oh, you Mamma Mia is- Please don't mention Mamma Mia. It's oh yeah, sorry, <laughs> like, 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 quick, turn off your things. Insert film here with uh, Meryl Streep. Um, <laughs> uh you know it's one of those things where it's like yeah i would never tell you these films are like god these are actually full-blown cinematic it's like no they're fun i will acknowledge they're not what we would put into like a category of like yes award it for this but it's like they're fun so knowing that in the standards for video game movies aren't that high 
it you know they're very fun and that's like i probably would still pay to go watch it because even then um without the comfort at home imagining like those the music which i know we can get into like later but like the fighting and stuff on like a bigger screen no matter how campy and cheesy it is i would be willing to pay because it's gonna look way better in like again those big screens just to see like the all the fatality references like when jacks pops that guy's head in the new one and in the old one even when sonia is just like cracking kano's neck and the goro fight it's like yeah that's probably ridiculously even more fun in a theater also with probably a fellow gamers and stuff like being a not too rowdy where it's bad but like you know rowdy enough where they're like oh yeah 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 uh, for both for both of them i do, do agree they're both not <laughs> quintessentially good yeah. i probably give them both like a seven or eight because they're just entertaining i think the old one when they did add the plot i think it's just they none of them really super none of them matched the actual plot of the games which again very ridiculous but the first one i think was literally just there's a tournament everyone fight oh and then the descriptions have you know little tidbits so the first one had you know random you know scorpion and sub-zero in it and those are like the people's favorite characters and they had Liu kang still as the main hero in that one versus a newbie so you had Liu kang which people can see he's the main character i think they do a good job of like he's the main character it makes sense but the other parts were just more on them than it is the game or them stealing game lore. They're like, you need to use the ability of life. Oh, you mean water? It's like, I don't think that's how it worked in MK, <laughs> you know? Uh, but they got, I think they got the characterizations correct in the first one. Like Sonya is very straightforward. Uh, Johnny Cage is actually hilariously a little bit smart when he's like, maybe we shouldn't sneak into this place. And they're like, no, we're going to go in. Uh, Luke it's weird in terms of like he always feels like he's he's clearly the main character but they'll either fluctuate between he's sort of a little like uh like he's the super stereotype of like the the good boy monk and then the other side is in the original mk you know he's a little like well i went to america and this guy killed my brother i'm gonna seek revenge and it's like i don't think he's a super i think he would seek vengeance but not as hardcore as that like he'd still be like oh you can calm me down pretty easily raiden versus like no Rin, you gotta like hold me back i'm about to get on shanks in right now so the fact that uh it, yeah the stories themselves aren't that great in either one which one is worse i think cole is boring <laughs> versus the other one is Liu king's kind of entertaining <laughs> because again maybe biasly it's because we knew it i think both of them rely on knowledge of the game or knowledge of the characters but like Liu king seems a little bit more entertaining because his thing seemed because the beginning starts with that your soul is mine and then the whole brother scene that you're like yeah yeah i can still mean that secret revenge pretty easily over this dude versus the other one it doesn't really happen until later i'll give it that cole is really smart in terms of he quickly accepts everything that they told him they're like yeah there's a supernatural thing going on okay yeah um that guy's hunting me let's go <laughs> we're gonna get in this car but, was also yeah. probably suffering from some kind of undiagnosed head trauma. He is a former MMA fighter. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. He was already having was it the psychic connection to Scorpion. I think also the, so oh, both, yeah. of them, the both of them have the prophecy plot too. Because you know the first one, all all of a sudden for some reason, you know they're like, yeah, I need Sonia. I need Sonia. I need this. And you're like, why? And then you kind of are figuring out there's probably a prophecy element to that as well. That the reason why Shanks is doing some stuff is to prevent 
you know, to, to make sure, again, Shang Tsung in both films, and we can get into Shang Tsung by himself, but by himself, he's consistently like, you said there's rules? <laughs> nah. But like, there's obviously a prophecy element. The other one, they blatantly say it like, there's a prophecy. Well, Scorpion's so badass. We need to prevent Scorpion from being badass. And then, oh no, we're feeding into the thing, aren't we? Dang it. it you know, that always happens. So, but it was done through, uh, let me read a quote where they said for Cole in the new one where according to Greg, uh, screenwriter Greg Russo, so in publicity material for the MK movie, he said that Cole's character or storyline came from a part of his own life. As he began working on the project, he and his spouse were about to have their first child. He incorporated his own questions about what it meant to be a father and if he would be a good dad to the character. He was, uh, Cole was envisioned as akin to the Shinjuku-like character arc often used to introduce like a newcomer. So facilitating the role of reintroducing the story via existing characters, that being everyone but Cole, of course. Uh, and then providing the audience with a new protagonist experience, which kind of like Rita goes along with the new games in which we got new characters with old ones. So we got, you know, Cassie Cage, which is Johnny Cage's Sony Kids Kid. We got Jax's daughter, Jacqueline. We got, uh, and we got the assumption characters like Kenshi's kid. And we got like Kung Lao's gay cousin. I forget his name. Also as new characters in 10. And then they kept only Jackie and Cassie and then added new ones consistently through those two games. So I could see the reason for doing it, but he was just so boring. <laughs> Like Luke, again, Luke Kang, maybe because we knew him, but, or maybe because that intro is so iconic and really within one scene builds a character that he didn't really have that. Our introduction was about Scorpion, not about Cole. And also disappointing, Cole's name on like every other Mortal Kombat convention does not start with a K. It's literally C-O-L-E. It's not K-O-L-E. That's disappointing. But mm. yeah, back to you guys saying it. It's not, it's really entertaining. I was entertained. Uh-huh. Not a good plot for either <laughs> one. Like, to kind of build the movie up a little bit, I, how they handled making references to the source material, I found to be quite good. Like, the scene where um, Liu Kang just low sweeps Kano over and over again was perfect. It was hilarious yes, comedy. Yes, that cracked me up. <laughs> like, it's hilarious comedy that works on both a level of that's funny physical humor and also just like, man, if you ever play someone in a fighting <laughs> yes. game and you don't know how to block low, like, that's what happens to you. It, yes. like, like, how they, they handled the visual, the visual Easter eggs and stuff. Like, overall, I think the tonality of the series, of this movie was sound just everything around it didn't work like the first seven yeah. minutes well no that's the first really the first scene that is the prologue that deals with um sub-zero and scorpion's fight in 17th century japan probably mm -hmm. the best single scene in the movie it's also yeah. basically a short film unto itself yeah yeah like go watch that that's an excellent fight yeah like and it works. There's drama. And then it just cuts to Cole and you're just like, who are you? Why? And then I was just kind of like, more kind of like, ah, god damn it, I say it like too much. Anyway, like, fuck. <laughs> Anywho. It's the SoCal in us. You can't get it out. We say like. We say like more than they say fatality. Yeah. But we, we, 
we come to Cole, who is this washed up MMA fighter who is still really young in his career. So that makes questions, but yeah, <laughs> that's a good thing, point. <laughs> the main thing for me though is he's he's having his young daughter act as his corner per his corner woman. Right. right. That's not good parenting. I'm like, <laughs> like Mortal Kombat in a lot of ways is a franchise that has become about parenting <laughs> and how not and how being a combatant is probably bad parenting time. Or in the case of Jackie and her the an alternative timeline version of her dad in MK11, good parenting time. That's more the exception that proves the rule. Yeah, it just thinking back on it, the the second act of this movie is where it it's bad. Because it just scenes happen because they need to be training sequences that aren't really training sequences. Yes, Joe Light. It, it, it's, right. it's 110 minutes long. I wonder if they have like 20 to 30 minutes just cut out of the movie. Yeah. That would have yeah. given some you know, depth or character to things. That's a great point. Yeah, that part does feel really truncated where it's like Kano gets to just get really mad and then with Cole, they just keep punching him repeatedly. Like, your superpowers will come with pain. Like, that part is that part is ridiculous. Cole getting armor, though, really fits his whole character of you don't fight well anymore and you just keep getting punched in the face a lot so he were gonna put on a a skin suit for you that absorbs energy it it really fits he also (laughs) is the only one who is not able to single-handedly like mike and i were discussing this in like that so if we were to compare again both films a lot of them are able to single-handedly take on their appointments in different ways like johnny cage taking on goro in the first film he got lucky, but but you know he like um, it's still by himself. He also takes on Scorpion. Yeah, John and Cage could be Scorpion. Okay, but um, you know like that logic. And then you have Cole, who legitimately couldn't beat anyone by himself. He couldn't beat Milena. He literally like Sonya comes in out of nowhere and is like, "Whatcha? I got the I got her the Sonic things," which I'm like, that's not really her like power. That'd been funny if they gave her the the you know the finisher kiss. She's the only one I don't think that did any did she kind of did some fatalities but i mean like did any of her ones that we think of automatically but you know she had to come and she's the one who killed milena and then the person who killed um bihan sub-zero so sub-zero elder for anyone who's listening is um that was scorpion who did it which i'm like that makes thematic sense but also like cole you suck. You really couldn't do anything. And the person who even saved his family wasn't him because he's trying to, you know, he's like, dude, punching the eyes. He's like, gonna punch the eyes. And it was like, it was Nether Realm, angry, vengeful Scorpion that's like, fire. And then, like, oh, look, they're all freed. I'm like, Cole, you couldn't do anything by yourself. He was just the guy who's like, let me be inspirational at this point and say, we need it all work together for the power of friendship to defeat all these bad guys and they're like you're right Cole you're so right it's like what like Raiden could have done that but they made Raiden super sassy that he sounded like he didn't care for a lot of the film and then all of a sudden he's like oh thanks guy thank you Shanks because you pissed them off they learned their powers and I'm like 
Raiden, you're kind of petty. <laughs> like, I, what? But you know, he's trying to be Dumbledore, but uh, right. But yeah. even Dumbledore helps Harry Potter out. <laughs> yeah, like, like I said, the first film, people took on things by themselves. Even if we gave them a little bit, like uh, Katana had to come in the first film and be like, "Use Watcher" or something. But Luke still beat a lot of people by himself. Again, so did Sonia kills Kano in both films. By the way, her forever yeah. arch nemesis. I'm glad for that consistency. That's true. But, yeah, Cole sucks. <laughs> I mean, I wonder if this is kind of like, you know, not comparing these quality wise, but it's like the Rocky one versus the Rocky two, where maybe they're setting, because, you know, that's a trope too, where it's like the guy that kind of sucks at everything, but he's still the protagonist for some reason. So, you know, like Mike was saying, this is another case where they're just setting up a franchise. And that is definitely like a pet peeve of mine. You know, like that was basically... And I know you're a fan of this trilogy, but that was basically the the split movie was like a whole setup to this. Like that's all movies are nowadays. They're like just setting up franchises and maintaining a franchise. It had a post credit sequence that revealed. Your Mortal Kombat by happening. It had a post credit sequence that revealed that it takes place in the same universe as Glass. It functions on its own. Like, oh, was that a post-credit sequence with yeah. Bruce Willis? Oh, okay. All right, my bad. Well, that was just the first example that came to mind. Oh, but, you it's know, okay. It's, <laughs> just... That's that's the whole thing of just you know, I you know we all knew there was going to be a setup to a sequel before we even watched that. Like we've been trained to to that behavior. So I don't know. I just wonder if they are setting up a longer character. It's just like how they did it. Cause I think there's ones like Mike said, if it's self-contained and you have at the end, it's like that feels fine. Like if you, if we go like a real recall, you know, like the first Iron Man is super self-contained. And if it wasn't for that end sequence, which again was like after credits, they could have literally just pretended it didn't happen either. Cause it, and that was within themselves. But Mike and I were watching the film cause we had watched it together. I was like, how much time, like, like he moved the mouse and we saw how much time was left. And we're like, and I literally said like, they haven't had the tournament yet. Oh no. And we realized right. they were setting up. The first film only did at the end to go back to the first one. Cause when I was rewatching it, he only says he at the end where he's like, they're like, wait, where is that power coming from? Looking's like, where's that power coming from? And then um, White Raiden is like, that is from the emperor and they do a good job of mentioning Shao Kahn several times because again people knew you know it's like they're stuff like ah Shao Kahn's mentioned at some point but like that makes sense at the same time they could have just ended it there and we would have yeah. been fine but it wasn't like obvious because the main thing again going back to they have a story yeah. they keep the main bad guy of that story at the end with like that iconic Shang Sun, but but it didn't feel as like we wouldn't been like I don't think I feel as bothered as like it wasn't as heavy hitting yeah. to be like there's obviously a sequel this one right. felt like it turned in the, like towards that like the last few sections when you knew it was like we're getting closer and closer I don't think this thing <laughs> yeah. that they're like I wonder guys if there was a tournament <laughs> there when would it happen we Who still have to fight <laughs> man we haven't made it to the tournament part yet and you know yeah. shameson has those the line drop of like when i come you know i'm gonna come back i'm gonna come back with an army we see katana's fans in the background and i think it's because they're just very blatantly blue so whenever they're like in the scenes it was hard to miss I'm like those are katana's fans we saw melena so people know yeah. melena you know katana you see shao khan's statues so they're like 
oh, we know. And then of course the very, very end with the like, and Raiden, you know, his retort, you know, being like, oh, we're gonna go find more people. And it's like, Raiden, I think you could have given people out. You're an elder god. I think you could have given people the tattoo. <laughs> You're being mean to Sonia the entire time about it. But like, in general, I was like, this film is a prequel. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, I actually liked. Oh, sorry, no, Mike. Go ahead. I would, no, you go. I was just gonna say it's the worst kind of prequel. But I was just Mark gonna say I did. Like, I did like the the idea of like they're being hunted down. I thought that was kind of a cool plot mechanic because it does make the story feel a little more natural than just like, hey, this is a fighting game and there's a tournament. But again, it's like to both of your points, it's like that could have been the second act of is them being hunted down. And then the third act could have been like the big tournament. But like you're saying, instead of it's like, no, we have to set up this franchise and then add all the stuff that doesn't work. Like, uh, but yeah, what what were you saying about the worst kind of prequel? Though I'm curious to hear that. Well, it's the it's the the worst kind of prequel is the one that obviously is there to act as the thing before the thing you know, and it's it's the kind of like franchise filmmaking that people inspired by the success of the MCU have gone towards and then always mess up. We're like, no, we're going to do this thing where the thing doesn't really happen. And honestly, none of like, none of my complaints about this movie would matter if I liked any of the characters. That is not to say that the acting in this film is like, there are bad performances. Cause like Joe Taslim, I think that's how you say his name. Um, is fantastic as Sub-Zero he goes and does some Tom Hardy, I like in a mask levels of eye acting. And also just like <laughs> one, go watch him in Warrior. Fantastic show. Also the raid. He's, a, he's Sergeant Chaka from the raid. Fantastic. Like McCod Brooks left Supergirls to go make this movie. <laughs> and, and, like he's actually like pretty good at it. It just, he has nothing to do except kind of weekly be like, oh, my new robot arms aren't me because they're also roughly about way out of proportion with my actual arms and just uh, it, he yeah. can, he, like Hiroyuki Sonata in 10 seconds of hugging his on-screen wife and telling her that he is blessed to be in her presence is more character work than anyone else gets in this movie it's delightful then also later on he uh he when he's in the full scorpion gimmick he's constantly taking off his mask to talk to to, to cole who is his descendant and do you really need to take the mask on and off so much <laughs> and it's like the walmarts around here in north carolina <laughs> take their mask anyway sorry bad joke what were you saying sam oh i was saying like that's a pretty good joke um i was saying like um I think we're like, I don't know if he understands Japanese because like he doesn't say anything back. And he, I think there's just like the warriors understanding. So they was like, I'm pretty sure Cole by this point maybe doesn't know it. And then even if um, I'm like, or Jackie's is like, oh, what if they're like those bad, like, you know, like we go to anime conventions, like what if they're the people that like the, the ones that go to the anime cons are like, I only watched anime, so I totally know Japanese. And you're like, no. Or like we've seen it in the cinephile part where they're like, I watched these language films. I watched all the Frank, you know, the new cinema films and stuff. And we're like, I can speak French now. But I'm like, I really doubt he understands. So he's just turning to him. He's like, 
I hope this man doesn't murder him. Because you kind of see at the end where he also like backs up after Scripture and takes off his things. And he's like, mm-hmm. And he's like, ah, like protect my legacy, my Mortal Kombat legacy. And then like, um, Cole's just like, okay, let me see my family. Like, I'm pretty sure he doesn't understand. So they probably, like, it could have been a heart to heart, but I'm sure Cole's just like, yeah, what? Cool. <laughs> Bye. Like you came out of nowhere and said stuff and killed him. Great. Where does, where, how did he get summoned? This is from the blade, for, right? Yes, like it was like, like asking the, yeah, the, too the much. Blood blade. Yeah, like the blood blade brings out demon grandpa or demon great 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 grandpa, I guess. All Cole Young serves is a as a, a MacGuffin <laughs> to summon the cool version of Scorpion that we all want. He is kind of a human MacGuffin, huh? Yeah, because like in the first film, they're just there, you know. Like it's not, it, it, you know, Shang Tsung's just like their enemy. Like I rewatch, I get rewatched the first films, the '94 film. They're just there, and Shang Tsung's like the greatest of enemies, but also under my control because souls. And then they like, I feel like they didn't catch that, but they're like, oh shit. And then this one, they're like, yeah, he just appears. And it was, like, and we did explain he was another realm and you know stuff, but we're not gonna explain that. Quan Chi or other people are involved in this plan. He just he just got summoned by the blood. Yeah. Oh, also, I know we showed those trailers with the fights with him and Scorpion. Yeah, Scorpion's only at the ending and the beginning of the film. But we hyped that really bad on this. Oh, you're on mute, Mike. You're on mute, Mike. Right. I was making a fun joke about how Hiroyuki Sonata was too busy filming Army of the Dead. But it's, what is it? Oh, I had a thought. Oh no, let, like let me let me use this to talk about Scorpion's Revenge real quick, which is a direct to vid, direct to home animated film from 2020 that essentially tells the story of Mortal Kombat 1, which is yeah, the first third of Mortal Kombat 9, because Mortal Kombat 9 is them going tiny wimey, wibbly wobbly. We're gonna go through the first three games narrative-wise in one. It's fantastic game actually but in that that one in scorpion's revenge scorpion is the lead protagonist and so we have a protagonist that is functional that has desires to kill bihan but it just it tells a story that also features mortal Kombat and also fits in all the other stuff that you this movie does of Sonya is trying to kill Kano because he has kidnapped Jax, and Jax also gets his arms ripped off. Just, you know, as you do in Mortal Kombat games. And, <laughs> right. <laughs> and it does all of this in, how long is Scorpion's Revenge? It's, I gotta see, say, it's it's not quite 90 minutes, it's probably 100. It is 80, oh, it's 80 minutes long. Oh, Wow. Scorpion's Revenge tells a better story, a, a better Mortal <laughs> Kombat story yeah. than either of these films. And also the animation allows them to go in and do the X-ray vision that really came about from the uh, MK9 through 11 set of games. Oh, right. Where you see the like bones breaking and stuff, right? Yeah, it, it, it's always funny. They do those X-rays and then you keep fighting it. It doesn't make sense in the movie either, but it looks cool. It, it, <laughs> aesthetically yeah. gives me the feeling and chemical rush of playing Mortal Kombat okay, in a okay. way that yeah. this movie, they have like the, they have the Liu Kang, 
Kung Lao Saab hat fatality. And it's gnarly. Not as right. gnarly as the stuff from MK11, honestly, because they really got into the whole, we're going to have unique simulations for how organs would fall out of your body every time, sort of that. But you still see him saw Natara in half, and it works. And yeah. Yeah. What I'm saying is, yeah. we'll watch Scorpion's Revenge, the good Mortal Kombat movie. It sounds like it sounds like it's in the vein of those. Is it like Warner Brothers that did it to kind of the direct video, like Batman and like DC oh, yeah. kind of animated movies? That's interesting. They did that with Mortal Kombat. I'll have to check that out. And the, the, the funny thing about it is that um, for the longest time, those DC animated films are all rated PG thirteen. They really should have been rated R because of they're really bloody. Yeah, it's, they are. It, it's it, it it's very it's. It's one of those things where I'm just like, it's once not to go on a rant about the farcical nature of the MPAA, but it's one of those things that's like, MPAA, you're a farce. And so this one, because they're actually being very gory and showing bloody bits, it's um, it, it, it's actually rated R. I, I got to say this about the Mortal Kombat 2021 movie. It is rated R. I don't like all the CGI blood. It lacks a materiality. Mm, mm. When mm-hmm. like Scorpion is going through the ninjas in the prologue sequence, there's some, there is some like corn syrup blood going on, but a lot of the squibs are all just excessive CGI blood spats, and it's yeah, it, it wasn't that great to me. Uh, just Akira Kurosawa could really make blood splatter, and so it's just this lack of materiality of blood spray. Just we see these. That's so interesting. You have all this awesome bloody violence, but also it just kind of feels so, I don't know, weightless, even though they do the thing, like so many of our comments back and forth to each other's ceremonies, they did the thing. They did the yeah. thing. And well, It's true, they did the thing. <laughs> well, that's so interesting because a big fan complaint about the OG Mortal Kombat is that it really isn't like very, it doesn't, it doesn't capture the spirit of the games insofar as how bloody and gory and like over the top the violence is in the original. So it's interesting to hear you say that though, because it's almost like for you, there may as well have not been any gore or blood because the CGI blood felt empty to you. Is that fair to say? Did I capture that? Or is that maybe putting words in your no. mouth? It's probably a bit of that, and also I did since I it didn't make me care. I didn't care about the violence, but also okay, okay. I've I've also been watching a bunch of like slasher movies and violence stuff. Or, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. It's yeah. like I love action movies. It's a little desensitizing. I'm probably right. messed up, but this <laughs> one it's just it 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 look, the violence in say Kill Bill's um, Crazy Eighty Eight fight. Yeah, yeah. Where. She, where Uma Thurman is chopping limbs and just blood is splattering everywhere is more viscerally impactful than just the like than seeing the the, the head clap fatality, which was cool, but also it was kind of eh. like narrative wise, it was like mm, like that. I think some of it also didn't make sense narrative wise to add on to that. Whereas like if you think about it, why did Jax want to get? that violent because out of all honesty the other ones yeah it makes sense for the bad guys because their intent was to like we know Kano's a murderer we know Cabal's a super murderer if he's like yeah Kano messed me up man 
but you know in terms of it's like yeah why would jack someone who's like a little bit like you know quintessentially nicer would be like yeah i'm gonna clap this guy's head it's like whoa shit what <laughs> like whoa jacks you know that's kind of extreme like, I, sonia had more of a reason but like you could tell hers was like defensive because she's reaching for something and hers was like the not fatality one Luke, you know Luke Angs is probably the nicest one in a sense as well because he's like he's, I turned into a he fights a man he's, who had been burned said, alive on fire again. Yeah, it's 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 quote nicer because it's not as like bloody, okay, and it's not <laughs> graphic. But like in comparison to even the first one, the first one was as bloody violent. I mean that one was what rated T, right? The first one, like like it or even if it was rated M, it was like the lesser rated M back then, like a oh. soft one. On the idea of the original film not capturing the violent spirit of the original games, I would actually argue it really does, because if you it's all on if you played Mortal Kombat for the SNES, you didn't mm -hmm. get the blood. You got like green splatter. That's true. And even You're like, if it you does played it, in, the censored one. Well, no, not even that. Like even if you played an arcade game, like it's these sixteen-bit graphics of oh, haha! I've ripped out your skull in a reference to Predator. Right. Is it really that violent? Because compared to the violence of MK9 through 11. Right, it, exactly. It, it's There is a different level of just excessive realistic bodily brutality that right. it captures an impact. Like even I, I, I still watch them from time to time. I was like, oh, let's just watch this because it's funny. But, right. you know, there's like, this film is closer, I think, to the MK9 level of gore but it isn't quite torture porny. There isn't yeah, an yeah. eyeball hanging out from Hostel. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the purpose of like the new one is closer to like the new games. The old one, of course, is old. You know, closer to the older games. Where it's like it's funny that you know people were like, "Oh, it didn't capture the violence." It's like when you think about it, though, now that we've gone so much more, like not to add fuel to the people's fire who are like, "Ah, violence in video games." So, we have gotten more images in media, whether it be from like the news of like real life events that, you know, people don't warn you about. And they're like, here you go. And you're like, oh God, you should have said something to even like normal films and other stuff. Like we're very inundated with a bunch more. Not to always pick on Tarantino, but like Tarantino, Scorsese, and other ones. Like there's been a lot more that by the time we get to, you know, I want to say even then that Mortal Kombat film, it's like, oh, it didn't capture the violence. Like, you know, the violence had changed by then. Like that is the same campy violence that I did in that first game. If you think about it, where it's pretty like, again, campy and pretty basic. My problem with the first one was like, okay, well, Scorpions, Scorpions, um, his get over here, his um, shuriken rope does not work the way it did in that first film okay it's like the new film where it's a literal like shuriken on a yeah on a chain and in the first film it was a weird plant thing that popped up from his yeah. from his hand i was like it, it was like the proto like you know like the 2000 sam raimi um spider-man films were like yeah his like natural webs versus i'm like he uses a web shooter because he's a smart kid is the thing it was kind of like that i was like guys that makes no sense that like okay <laughs> i'm asking for sense in a mortal kombat film <laughs> Uh -huh. But you know, for Scorpion, I was like, look, his supernatural elements is the fire and technically the teleport, which then is a little, he also teaches Decade to do the teleport. So maybe that's not, maybe that's just like, you know, it's supernatural spell skills, but like him having the ability to pop it out of his hand, that was not a thing. Just saying that wasn't one. 
but I I think the first one maybe is because the plot they were like ah that doesn't feel Mortal Kombat at the same time I think both are because one of them is like the violence in it a little bit more and the fact that like like you said originally it was like fighting scene a little bit of story fighting scene again I'm like that is how the story did flow in um 10 and stuff and then you have the first one which has starts of the ridiculous storyline with like yeah your soul is mine Shanksen in both films souls are his thing souls are his thing he will always say your soul is mine because that's his thing uh <laughs> Liu King loses a brother in both because he loses his actual brother and then he loses oh. you know Kung Lao who he's like that's oh, my yeah. bro that's right brutality brutality <laughs> I so it's like they both have both qualities so I think both are encapsulate different parts of the Mortal Kombat in different eras but also it does encapsulate the stuff I don't think there could be a perfect film because video games are so different by itself that's hard it's really really hard to capture something where you're playing it versus something that's on a camera no matter how many angles you can get on a camera it's still a very certain perspective and a certain apparatus that's different from a video game so I don't think anyone will ever satisfy people as much as it can yeah, like, but yeah. these two are the closest because that's why like... they recognize as better because if you think about every other film we can have an episode of the doa film but like you know none of these oh, yeah or you know none of the other ones really capture it because it's hard and even when they accuse video games of being more cinematic which you can accuse even the newer mortal combats of doing for their cutscenes, it won't be the same thing either it can't be as movie it's really hard for them to be a movie because of how you interact with it so i think it's um you know, on both points to say, I think it captures Mortal Kombat fine in their own ways. I do think for like on Mike's blood topic, I do miss in general, I miss old special effects. So I think it, it could have been like, ah, oh, if we didn't have as much CG, I do think the first one as fun as, or the second one, as funny as it was to hear them say the lines, it's like, at least it wasn't as shoehorned in as it, yeah, like, yeah. Or, or it said terribly, but it was still kind of funny. Cause I don't know if you guys noticed there was scenes where some things were said awkwardly off screen like there's that part where like Liu Kang you know is looking at um Cabal after he kills him and off screen not even like it's still on Cabal you just hear Liu Kang go like fatality for Kung Lao and you're like why that looks so weird like they added that like ADR'd it later and that also happened with another scene where I think it was like Cole was fighting and like off screen the daughter's like use your like upper cut oh yeah <laughs> yeah and I was like why is this ADR'd later did we need to be told I don't know <laughs> It was um, like we can get into the sound and the soundtrack and all that because I think that's some of the most iconic parts for both films. The club party scene. I think if that played post pandemic, pre pandemic, any part of you know the years, you know people are like partied up. They don't have to know Mortal Kombat. They're like do 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 do. Yeah. Yeah. Fist bump to the song. Great to play laser tag too. By the way, I played several laser tag matches where Mortal Kombat's playing. Uh, Reed, did they survive? <laughs> I hope so. Tag. I hope so. Mm -hmm. can, can we talk about the secret um, greatness of the movie, which is Josh Lawson as Kano? Can, can oh, we talk about totally. He's great in both. He's in a completely, vib he's vibrating in a different space in this movie, and it's <laughs> perfect. He, he is right. just an unrepentant bad man who we actually never see well, okay, he does some bad things, but it's more, he, he is clearly like the comedic joke of like 
hard bad man and it, it he gets low sweeped by Liu Kang. And yeah. then Kung Lao's just like flawless victory. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of the good like he's I feel like they took kind of the Marvel movie trick of like, we're going to have a character that points out how all ridiculous this is to get like laughs in the movie, which yeah, it worked for me too. I thought he was really funny. Uh, like in both, like Mike, we were talking about like in both films, because I think the stereotype of him being like, not him being Australian, but like how like the stereotype of how he does Australianness and stuff comes from the first film. And I think then that started to continue in the games. And then now these depictions of him as well. That's kind of funny to like because rewatching again the first one, the '94 one, he was also like that there because he had a shorter time there, but he stole the scenes he was in, and he's like, "Oh, really? This is really weird." Like, <laughs> um, Shang, why am I listening to this man named Shang Tsung? And then Goro's like, "He's Shang Tsung. You should be listening now." Oh, you know, yeah. like, like you know, he's being ridiculous and he's sitting back eating. He's like. Yum, yum. Well, I don't know my why am I doing like he already points out how ridiculous this is but he's also already like a bad guy and the bad things we see him do we see him do less in the first film but it's the sense that like you know he's a bad man but you know he's like the most annoying bad man and I think that's always been there and the second one you see a lot more of him it's so funny because they all just like gang up on him like Kung Lao I like fell in love with this Kung Lao and he was just like when him and Lou, when him and Lou were just having a moment, they're like, "Let's pick on them," and everyone else at the table is like, "You are a little like you're a little bee, aren't you?" Ha 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 ha, weakling, and like, and he's like, "You go like my, I'm I'm I know I'm killed a lot of people," and they're like, "Yeah, but you got like low swept for like an entire scene." Oh, Sonia almost killed you really easily like twice, and she doesn't even have powers. Ha ha ha, and they're all like laughing at him. And, and, you know, that's, he gets his angry powers from it, but it's so funny. Like he just, he, like both Kano's are scene stealers. Um, I know very quickly, I feel like someone should look at the first Kano, but like who the actors, but like kudos to both because they're just scene stealers and they're the stereotype of Kano be like, we actually, we see you do simple bad things like goofy bad stuff, but we know you could do worse. That's the bad part. Like you're unhinged so clearly, but out of the bad things we see you do is like, well, guys, are you surprised Kano like did a heel turn on people? No, they're not even surprised. Everyone else is like, Kano, yeah, you know what? I could see that. Yeah, you did betray us. And then the first one's, you know, Kano being like, oh, Kano got killed by something. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> like even Shingson's like, I mean, like it's not a real loss to me or anything. <laughs> like he was unimpressed, but also like, ah, God damn it, this guy exists. <laughs> but he's a but you know again they had they're scene stealers all the time kano's just a ridiculous dude and i i love him more in like the new film than the old one but he's just iconic by himself Trevor godard in the original one as kano has real phil baroni energy if you're a old school ma head i'll, I'll send you guys pictures he 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 looks like basically Ozzy Phil Baroni in the best way. Is there any other topics you guys wanted to, to chat about as far as... I was thinking maybe we could end when we're ready just talking about video game movies in general. I'm just curious to hear your takes on that after Sam, but you know, if anybody else has any other topics. 
I don't want to step on just the music the just because I think yeah 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 yeah. the like, soundtrack is so good I know like I know Marty's our soundtrack guy more but like yeah like it's so so good um I, I don't know how Marty's gonna edit this in hi Marty we shout out to you in the soundtrack <laughs> no yeah what were some of those highlights for you I'm curious because you know there's definitely the classic like theme um which they kind of nod to in the the new one um I don't oh, like yeah. the soundtrack. <gasps> I think yeah, we yeah. when we were watching, we said it was better than like some other one. I I I wanna say that for for again, like video game movies and for other ones, there's always like the part you reference, like the old music. I wanna say that it like for this, for both films, they're just kind of like fun. And they're kind of memorable, even if it's good memorable or bad memorable, they're pretty memorable. Like the first one, of course, has like the arcade plus like the remix of that and again, like that's the club hit sort of thing. I think you could party it down, Vogue and do whatever too, no matter what year. But like the new one had one really integrated at different scenes. There was some parts where the soundtrack to go blah, blah at you. And those were the annoying parts, but like they did a good job of integrating certain people's themes and certain sounds. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And like while Scorpion's fighting, um, you know, Sub-Zero, they have the parts where it's like, the, that music's integrated, the fighting music. And I think it matched with those moments. The funny was, I think the best, like maybe soft moment is like that beginning one, which, uh, yeah, I would do want to kind of jump to like a little bit of the story part where it's like Bihan speaking in Chinese because they're Chi the Lin Kuei are Chinese ninjas, which that's kind of weird in its own thing, but, and then, um, Hanzo Hisashi slash Scorpion being like Japanese ninjas for the um, Shibarayu clan but like the music that they had for there was like it really sets up like oh a soft scene oh god murder's gonna happen especially if you knew the lore you're like oh no sad times for square people hey over here but that part was really well set up but for the most part the music's pretty like it keeps that same kind of like techno-y also 8-bitty-ness that the games have even some of the newer ones because that's tied to MK. But yeah, for the new one, there was some blah, blah, like action movie ones that are in new, like, you know, newer action movie things. Like, oh, that's right. Awesome. But when they reference the old stuff, completely fine. And then again, for the first film, they did a good job as well. Like soft music for the appropriate times. A lot of like the kind of clubby and background music that you would hear if you were in a level of the game. And for backgrounds and stuff, it always matched because the iconic Mortal Kombat bridge is in all the films and they will all forever have like good music to it because that's the bridge you fight on. Well, the multiple bridges you fight on for the games and stuff, but like the music itself stands alone. Like it could be its own soundtrack and probably do very well. We know the first one did, we know 94's did, very specifically the one song, but I think they did a good job. I do wish the second one didn't go a little tropey and tried to do like the, um, blah blah weird other sounds like you could have dropped those and kept the ones that are like remixes or maybe close to like the video gamey music for when it was those times over maybe I, I need to go listen to the soundtrack itself as its own thing because overall I found it largely kind of that forgettable out of all the Marvel movies really Black Panther has the only really distinct soundtrack sort of problem and but that said how it is used to subtly build up to the hey guys we're doing the mortal Kombat theme shout outs to techno syndrome those parts <laughs> are effective and technically well done i just 
other than referencing there's nothing in this soundtrack to me that makes me go ah yes listen to music <laughs> yeah i i see what you mean i i like that they didn't really pull that kind of classic theme out until the end they didn't like i guess you know try and uh use it too much they um well cool yeah this has been a fun conversation about mortal Kombat, both films you know there's like a lot of internet chatter about video game films in general and about how most of them are bad and then like can there ever be a good one yada 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 so i don't want to like you know uh repeat too much of that here but i am just curious because you know both of you are gamers what would your ideal video game film be or what would you like to see them do and also um oh i forgot the second part of the question so let's just go with the first part of the question <laughs> what yeah just like as a gamer what do you wish they would do more of in video game films and what do you wish they would do less of how about that that's a better question <laughs> can i take this first oh you know like when people are all like, how do you make good DC movies? Or you just make good movies. Just make a good movie. What the, the basics of Western dramaturgy. Scorpion's Revenge does the basics. And it is an effective experience and text. Just do the basics. Like the first Resident Evil movie is solid. I'm trying to think of other. Okay. Final Fantasy Advent Children. You really need the extended cut for it to work. But you know what? That is a video game based, that is a film based on a video game property that works. Just just make a good movie. It's just like, this isn't rocket science. You're making movies. Just make a good movie. So where is the issue then for most video game films for you personally? Just like too much spectacle and not enough of the basic like storytelling not a not enough basic like substantive good storytelling yeah pretty much just it, it, like it's it's kind of like it i'm sorry to be all like basic about this but it's just it's sort of just you know but like super mario brothers the narratives that we as players impose upon super mario brothers is there because there's no real story to super mario brothers it's go rescue peach right but it gets really interesting in super mario brothers 3 because due to the motif of a um curtain opening and the id and the stage designs you realize that really the game is itself a stage wherein it takes place in some future point where mario and bowser are now best friends and well, that's this wild. is them reenacting <laughs> their trials together. No, seriously. Um, um, hey, is this um, a fan theory or this is real? No, it was a fan theory. And then uh, Shigeru Miyamoto was like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but it's just like um, The Last of Us Part 2 is one of the most... Eh, no, Part 2 is more horrifying to me. Is one of the most horrifying experiences of just dread I've ever had. And because it was telling a good story. Just they're making that Last of Us show with um Pedro Pascal and the small bear child. 
the girl from Game of Thrones, I I don't remember her name. Bella Ramsey, is that it? But, you know, just you don't have to copy beat for beat from that game because, one, it doesn't make sense because it'd be like a 12-hour show and that's not good television filmmaking. Like, that's not good TV storytelling, but there is the structures of how would you tell a story, this kind of story, as a film. Maybe there's something about the inherent nature of fighting games where for the longest time their lore was uh, limited to five panels that were maybe a little animated after you finished the arcade setup makes the whole idea of doing a story hard that that was great english on my front but it's just like even to go more obscure like tekken blood vengeance the that animated uh the, the the CGI animated film, it is not a great movie, but it tells a story in a cinematic form that fits to the medium. And so tell stories that fit the medium. Like Last of Us Part Two would not make a good TV show as it is if you're just like, we're just here's an hour, here's an hour. It wouldn't because there would be boring parts and all that. But at the same time, if they do Last of Us Part Two, the TV show, if there isn't the terrible bone arm splitting break that is torture porn, and then the whole part about amputating that arm, it'll it'll lose something. But those moments worked because of and uh, okay, well hmm, this is going into like idea of like medium specifics and really should you use gameplay to tell stories? But eh, sidetrack, not going to go down that road. Yeah. I said words. Samantha, go. To go off, to go off Mike's point, he does it um, to also like the audience he's listening in. If we were to really like, if we were to ask you right now, like, what do you think video game movies? Were you thinking some of the ones that Mike was thinking of, which were like directly animated or like that just tied straight to start? Or were you thinking it was like the pixels or like the other ones where it was live action? Because I think when people think we're going to make a video game movie and the ones that do get, you know, dragged a lot is the live action ones we do say also the ones that are just animated are usually not not always the greatest either but i you know to that it's like maybe a lot of these videos because of how they are like they said the format should match and i agree with that rebecca where it doesn't work for all of these like to make a um a live action tekken or live action doa they tried they really tried again fighting games are also weirder because there's like a three point story if you really want to take the simplest format it's like i went to a tournament to fight the end uh, and then like their little character things in between but for even other ones it's way too long complex if we're thinking rpgs like i would love to see yes there has been dragon dragon quest whoo dragon quest and dragon age movies but like if you actually said it's like oh no let's make like a full like live action dragon age but like that's way too long it would add, if you so if you do it it should be if you were to have a movie it should match the it should probably match the format if you and it depends on what you're telling if it's a prequel make sure it can fit the time make sure again the simplest thing just tell a good story i think the biggest problem with a lot of them is especially if it's video game or video game in a live action it's been oh, how can we shoehorn in things that are the video game? You're like, no, that's hard because it's a different experience. Uh, earlier when I mentioned the apparatus, like, you know, you're holding a controller, you're holding, um, you know, 
a key, you know, mouse and keyboard, that's different of like how you're doing the stuff that even if it's not story, like these movies are sometimes obsessed with trying to be like, okay, we're going to show like the first person point of view. If it's like a Call of Duty film, if it's a Call of Duty film or the Doom movie, I think had a part where it did go into like first person, it looked like Doom and you're like, that doesn't actually work. And it can either come off goofy or like way too like, guys, you need to stop. Or the other part where they're trying to shoot in the story elements way too much, like the weird parts of it. Cause there's good ones, like in the Mortal Kombat ones, there's good ones like Bihan versus, you know, Hanzo Sashi slash Scorpion versus sub -Zero. That's good by itself, but that'd be like, all right guys, now we can do all the deep lore of the elder gods and be like, oh God, not that. All right, like they, they're trying to, like they're very obsessing at trying to do the same as well. When it's like, why can't I just play the game or watch someone do all the cutscenes? Cause they did it better. And my, in my experience right. is different. So for, especially we're talking like an RPG, so like a role-playing game, my experience of playing Commander Shepard in Mass Effect is gonna be different from Mike's, it's gonna be different from Reed's, it's gonna be different from someone else's. So those ones are also hard. So maybe like pick one, like pick a, if we were to do a, like I would love to see another like Mass Effect film. I wouldn't actually mind to see how would a live action look, but what story would you tell? And there's enough where you could be like, oh, maybe something like a prequel maybe like a random story of someone else. And they had done that in an animated format, like a literal there was an anime movie, but it really just depends. So I think the simplest thing is a good story. That's all we ask for a good story. Cause again, our standards for all these films are pretty low. Like right. we have right. to be honest, they're pretty low. We're like, does it do this, this and that, that we're, cause we know the game is like better. Like I have a more emotional attachment to like Last of Us one than like if they did Let's say they did a movie that literally was trying to do beat by beat by beat, which then at worst it's three hours. The game is much longer than that. That's also a thing to consider. Games are much longer than the actual format. So a show might be better. So also think about the format. Would making an animated version be better? Does it have to be live action? Probably not. And I think a big issue that I've also seen in other ones, it's let's say it's a film that has nothing to do with the actual games. So let's go to Pixels as an example. But games are involved. Pixels and Ready Player One. These are films where it's like the story happens, but like the games exist in it and they're shoehorning references, references, references that you're like, I feel like it's insulting the game more than it is doing anything for it. At worst, it's like a, a slight promotion for it, but it's like, guys, it's kind of insulting to the actual game. <laughs> no offense. And I think a video game movie that's kind of one, but an original in-game video game movie, guys, Tron, think about it. It's an in-game yeah. video game movie. It by itself made good video games or it had a place in Kingdom Hearts, which was a good level in Kingdom Hearts. But, you know, just think about that where it's like, you can make your own, if you're doing a narrative story that involves a video game, you can make your own video game. If Tron did it, it's fine. And not to say everyone copy Tron, but like, you know, you can have one. Don't make it like the fakest of fake video games so that we get to the other issue of like the CSI or what was it? C I think oh it was yeah, CSI. Like the I Law was a CSI. Episode. Yeah, yeah, Law and Order. Yeah, exactly. I, they, like they both did it where there's like, ah, oh, how do we depict video games? And it's stuck in a very certain era. And they're like, oh, what game are we playing? It's like, oh, it's called Mar like March Madness of Murder 10. So I think oh, it's just how you treat it. Like respect video games because they're not bad. They are art and they are a different thing to play with. They have their own studies. They have their own stuff. They're not inherently all violent. Um, so treat them with respect in the other formats that you ask to be treated with. 
is the simplest thing. Give them a good story again. It's the biggest one, but that's kind of comes with it. Like treat them with respect too. Cause they're not just, oh, they're just for kids or just for like dumb teens. Like, no, a lot of these have a lot of value. Again, like last of us once sticks with so many people, your own playthroughs of mass effect and dragon age and dragon quest all are different. Even your one of Mario, a simple game is going to be different in your memories of it. It's a respectful thing. So I think just respect it back and you'll get a good product. And which is why in a sense, the Mortal Kombat films are the best of them because they were more respectful and the people were able to collaborate more versus like, all right, guys, you're just going to have pixels. You can have this. Like just tell a good story. Our standards are low, so tell a good one and just match the format. Video games are much longer than your actual film and maybe you can get TV shows and you don't have to be live action. Stop. You don't need all of them to be live action. It doesn't work for everyone. Yeah, I guess for me, um, what I'd like to see is just, uh, I guess it kind of goes along with your point about Charles. Like I was going to say Scott Pilgrim is kind of my favorite video game movie. If I had to cheat, like it really uses a lot of video game kind of aesthetics and tropes. And I mean, it does with comic books and movies. It's definitely like very... Um, multimedia in its allusions and references but I think for me that's kind of the most satisfying use of video games in in a film so I just love to see more like creative integration of like video game mechanics and tropes and kind of aesthetics instead of just you know pay me some fan lip service by like recreating fatalities like um when it like you guys are saying you could just like watch them on YouTube so that's, uh, yeah, that's sort of my feelings. I think that was well said by all of you. They should listen to all of us, call us in. We'll pitch some good video game ideas, right? <laughs> we might take kids out and uh, laser tag to Mortal Kombat for you guys if you need it. I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to provide that service. So, uh, any other final thoughts or words about Mortal Kombat or video game movies? Be nice to each other. Don't, don't fight one another to the death yes i Just, agree with you know, that if you get low kicked and low sweeped uh online you know what don't don't friend request and then send them hate learn how to block get good right get good it's not about fatalities it's about friendships yes i love it i love it <laughs> That's it for our show this week. Thank you for listening and for your support. Please subscribe to the show on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at Cineposium and on Twitter at Cposium to keep up with our updates and to keep in communication with us. Until next week, take care, everyone.